0: Hey everybody, welcome back to In Star Trek We Trust, a Star Trek podcast. I am Kevin, one of your hosts.
1: And I am the other host, Ethan. This week we're discussing episode 3 of Strange New Worlds, Ghosts of Illyria. This episode was directed by Leslie Hope, who you may know if you watched 24. She was an actress in that, but her directing work includes... Law and Order Special Victims Unit, a personal favorite of mine. Uh, Lost in Space, which, though I've not seen much of it, is a great-looking sci-fi show. Uh, Some Van Helsing show that I didn't know existed, and a whole bunch of other television shows. While the writer is Akella Cooper, and she has a lot of uh, credits. Um... Is it a she? I'm not sure. Yes, she was yes. on the ready room. Okay. Yep. Good. So for uh, horror, so she's writing The Nun 2, oh some boy. sort of a, ro- a robot, uh, a doll horror movie. Megan Boogeyman uh, wrote Malignant. Worked with James Wan a lot. Also for television, worked on Luke Cage, very good show, I think, and The 100, along with some other stuff. So pretty good pedigree.
0: And in this episode, we've got a classic Star Trek plot where the Enterprise encounters a contagion, the disease of the week, And the one who will save the day, weirdly enough, is number one. Even though I said the one who will save the day, number one is the one who saves the day. So we get a little bit more on number one this week and even a little bit on Dr. Mabenga. So there's something I want to say about this episode at a high level before we go into detail. Um, okay. I think this is the third episode. So I can only say how I feel right at this moment. And what I'm finding what they do with the show in terms of you feature a character heavily each week and they're kind of the main focus of the plot in a lot of ways i'm finding that unlike and i'm sorry to do this again i'm just but i'm just you know i'm not even going to pause anymore i'm just going to keep doing it i'm just going to keep hitting everybody over the head with it if you compare this to discovery all right i i because i made this I, i made this assertion as i finished the episode if you look at discovery and you look at the characters you look at the characters interaction with the story of discovery versus the characters interaction with the story on strange new worlds it feels to me that the characters on Discovery are there to be in service of the story. Whereas in this show, the story is in service of the characters, because we are learning things about these characters through the events of the story. The story is providing the context by which these things about the characters are getting revealed to us based on the direction the story takes. And that's why I like this show so far. So much. I like the way, I like the journeys they take us on and how they kind of strategically reveal things about the characters in each episode. That's what I want to say. I,
1: I totally agree. And I think one of the important things that the show's is doing is allowing some characters to step back a little bit and other characters to step forward each episode, which is a huge deal because, as we've talked about a lot with Discovery, uh, one character tends to be in the center of every story, and anyone else just has mm, sort of minor... They have to press some buttons, or they have to move a thing, or it's just something very simple and basic. Um, So you don't get to see them in these different circumstances. Whereas here, we get to see characters in the center of the story, and just when you spend that much time with the character, if they're well-written... You learn about them, not only from things they say to reveal, but the way they act right. and the things that they do. And so far, I think this show is doing a great job at it, that.
0: I'll just, And I'll just add one more thing. It's interesting how my criticisms or concerns, I should say, kind of change when you go from a season-long story arc to individual episodes. So... I could, you know, levy a criticism and say, well, how come we don't see a lot of Jet Reno? Jet Reno's barely there, and then suddenly she returns, you know, six episodes down the line, right? Because they're stretching this episode out. In this show, we didn't even see Dr. Mabenga in the second episode. And Mm. I thought to myself, I noticed it, but I thought, that's okay, because we'll get it, he'll get an episode at some point. And Mm. I knew at the end of last week, that this week was going to be about a disease. So I said, well, obviously, he's going to be heavily involved. So there are going to be episodes where some are just more heavily involved than others. But when you make it episodic, I'm sort of more okay with that, as opposed to it being a long-term story arc. Because when it's a long-term story arc, the way Discovery and even the last season of Picard tried to try to do it, they sort of bring in the characters as they're needed. And you don't feel like you're invested too much in them. So I'm already getting very invested in this crew, even though we've only spent three hours with them.
1: I totally agree. Uh, another thing that I think is interesting is when we don't see Manga, my thought was just sort of, well, he's doing sickbay stuff. And we didn't go to sickbay.
0: Right. Nobody Whereas- was sick.
1: When it it seems to have no rhyme or reason in discovery, right? Because there's always kind of science things happening, but right. we don't see uh, Reno, so it's just sort of, yeah, yeah. So like no rhyme or reason. Where there seems to be a rhyme or reason. You're here. bringing
0: I me mean, back to how Bones was always on the bridge, and like he he was like he was never in sickbay. He was always on <laughs> the bridge. And yeah. as we like to, to point out, Why? he was he was inconvenienced by having to be a doctor at certain times because yeah. he was getting he was getting the dirt on uh, on everybody. So
1: she was a frustrated uh command uh you know
0: yeah staff person yeah so what's your overall feeling of this episode?
1: I thought it was a it was a it was a very good episode I think it had some i mean okay, so one thing i think I'll focus on for my take is that it had a message. That some would consider to be of the woke variety, but it was subtle, just like the people claim they want. So there you go. You got it And this one. I'm sure they won't give any credit to it for it, but it's there.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I
1: mean. So I thought that was nice.
0: The Enterprise having to quarantine, obviously, we know exactly what that's been like for the last two years had a little bit of the naked time vibe to it where you had the crew sort of acting crazy granted they were addicted to light but i i thought of that specifically as ortegas was walking down the corridor and she saw that one crewman sort of you know de de and getting into and getting into that light and i thought this is very much i feel like i'm watching the naked time or something of that era of the uh, of the original series which actually prompted me to go back and want to watch the naked time mm. after that which obviously is another episode about a disease that comes aboard the enterprise so yeah uh, that no Enterprise is not contracts a lot of diseases
1: i would that this was a little more focused yes in that it was not just it didn't just make people crazy they had this specific um late need to go near light which we find out is because that's how the disease is spread which is very clever yep doesn't make any sense but it's clever and I did you notice that 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 character who uh, put his head through the glass to get to the light looked weirdly like Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> so much that I thought maybe Timothy Chalamet had done a quick cameo on. Um,
0: no, but I had a I had a weird I, I had the same thought when we saw him earlier in the episode when he opened up the cabinet and saw well on the planet, I actually thought he looked like Tom Hiddleston a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I was like, is that? no well, that can't be and it wasn't but it was just it caught me a little bit for it, it threw me for a loop because i thought that's who that was i thought it was just, they were just doing wow. some cute cameo like hey if look he's, at this
1: if you get getting mistaken for tom hiddleston and mm. timothy chalamet i'm sure his, uh, his dating life is doing just fine
0: but this episode i think had a lot of the sort of star trek tropes right the captain is stuck on the planet he can't beam up due to an ion storm there's shit going on that you know The the, the events, the enterprise is sort of, it's out of control right now because there's all this other stuff going on. And number one, the first officer has to be the one to save the day and the doctor has to try to contain this disease. So it's a lot of different things that we've seen in Trek before, but once again, it's okay. I think that when I say we've seen this before, it's a Trek trope, it's this, it's that in regards to the show... I think that it only kind of reinforces how I feel in that it just shows that it's a bit of a timeless format and that it does, that it does still work.
1: Right. And I think one of the things that I think is a return to a Trek, uh, not you know, the good kind of Trek trope is that you have a situation where the science that they're familiar with is inadequate. Right. So they're looking for a disease. So there's, well, it must be a virus. It must be a contagion. Mm -hmm. um, It must travel through the air or through touch. And they never consider that it would travel by light because they've never encountered anything like that before. So I always really enjoy that because uh, we... I'm sure that when humans begin to venture further into space, we're going to bring our... Hmm. mm, What's the right word? uh, Our biases, our scientific biases about how things are supposed to work. So you I always know. like to see that, and I think Trek goes to that a lot.
0: That assessment you make uh, made me think of a moment in The Naked Time that I watched today when they were also trying to figure out what this the issue was, and they were like, kind of going in the list. Well, could it be this? Could it be that? And no, it wasn't picked up by the tricorder. And Spock says, well, tricorders are programmed to scan what is known. He's like, space is full of infinite things that are mm. not known. So he's like, it may not necessarily get picked up by the tricorder because a tricorder can't account for everything.
1: Right. It can't. It can't be set to... Find things that it doesn't know exist.
0: Exactly. So I thought that was kind of a nice touch as well. And I think that once again, the show is continuing to kind of echo the vibe of, and even the science and just how the crew even approaches something like the original series.
1: Totally. Now, as far as it's interesting, everyone, uh, for some reason, when I watched this episode, even though they said the word lockdown, I didn't see it as a COVID episode at all. No,
0: I mean, it was written. I I had to hear some people
1: say it after, and then I I realized. I think that the message, which is very subtle, it only comes at the the end, but I'll say it now, so as we go through the story, we can see if we think my thematic claim holds up. But um, number one, Una, when she does her final log that she just erases... Um, she she kind of asks, would the captain have accepted me for being an Illyrian? We'll get to all this, but I'll throw out my mm. uh, message thing here anyway. Would, would you accept me if I didn't just save the ship? Like, wouldn't it be enough for me to just be me? Why am I only being accepted because of the things I've done? So it goes to this idea of like, I'm sure we've all heard it before when people say, you know. Someone might be kind of racist, but they say like, "Oh no, but you're one of the good ones. You're okay, right?" So it's that kind of vibe. And she asked that question, like, "Does he just think I'm one of the good ones, and that's why it's okay?" So I thought right. that was a, an interesting uh, little yeah. message there. It's like, why can't it be okay? But uh, I think that she didn't have to worry because of things that happened in the story.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I viewed it as specifically a COVID thing. I mean, I think because we're in the middle of that already, and you know, lockdown. Oh, we've been in lockdown, but. I was more thinking of it as, oh, it's a disease of the week. We've seen this in Star Trek before. So I wasn't, and it it wasn't like you had crew members walking around the Enterprise refusing to wear masks. Right? Right. Or stuff like that. I mean, or.
1: They didn't refuse to stop moving toward the light, but that was different.
0: Right. But it it didn't, I, it wasn't, I didn't make any sort of parallel to that. It was more, for me, it was more about, I was thinking of more of the parallel to other Trek shows that have dealt with diseases on the ship before. This one yeah. just felt like they had done it more like it was an original series episode with a bit of a modern spin yeah. to it. Point
1: taken. Just, that's a lot of the talk out there in the, um, mm. in the world. Yeah. More like the internet that cares about Stark. The world doesn't care.
0: But I liked... This is, so we've got two sort of big reveals in this episode, and it's focused on number one and then even later on Dr. Mabenga. But we learn a lot about number one throughout this episode because she's sort of the one who has to run the show. As Spock and Pike are down on the planet, they cannot beam up due to an ion storm. And, of course, it's blocking communication. The typical, you know, stuck on the planet, can't communicate with the ship above, what do we do? So Spock and Pike have to kind of figure out what to, what happened you know, what's going on down in the colony because they're visiting this abandoned colony for this race of people, the Illyrians, who were going to join the Federation but couldn't due to their genetic modifications. So they were sort of trying to demodify themselves. They wanted to join the Federation so badly that they were trying to sort of demodify themselves to make themselves acceptable. And of course, when they did that, it didn't quite work out for them. Which I also thought was a very, which I thought was a very interesting idea, that the Federation would actually not allow them in because of their genetic manipulation. And we know how, you know, the Federation has basically put a ban on genetics, not just within mm-hmm. their own organization, but they don't want to deal with anybody who has genetic modifications.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a neat case of they're showing one of the sort of short-sighted limitations of star fleet yeah. in the Federation, but not going so far as it's turned evil or this admiral is evil. It's right. just, they kind of have a blind spot here that they don't, I don't know. They just can't see that, uh, you know, these people may be worth mm, dealing with. I think
0: it has to do with just because of the past and how humanity has right. not done well with genetics. So
1: yes. Yeah. Now
0: that's the blind spot though, because that's it's the blind spot. Yeah,
1: Very much the Federation and their philosophy is you know like the the prejudices and ignorances of the past are are, are in the past and we've right. moved past that. And pe- men can be bald and right. men can wear skirts if they want.
0: Well, keep, and, keep you know, things like that. Keep this in mind that we learn later on on Deep Space Nine that Bashir has genetic modif- genetic modifications to him.
1: So they've gotten over it at some point. I
0: I I'll, I'd have to watch the episode again. It's been a while since I've seen it. The but I forget the sort of but it's revealed as kind of like a shock. So it, oh
1: yeah. So yeah, it's still not something that's that common. I, I, I think I, it makes yeah. a lot of sense because if we, I think I hadn't considered it this way before, but if anything wants to be realistic in a set hundreds of years from now, I think you would have to take into consideration genetic alterations because I imagine those are coming. Right. So it's a, it's a good way to not have to deal with it.
0: And I think from the show's perspective, as much as 100 years ago, you had Captain Archer dealing with the Augments and one of the other Noonian things from the past. So, mm-hmm. But I think to your point, the Federation should get to a point where they sort of move past that, where they've defeated that demon and just moved moved past it.
1: Right. Particularly if people are not now actively manipulating genes, they should be allowed
0: to right. come in. But yeah. Maybe
1: that, we'll get there at some point. But
0: Let's I I, I just got to make a side comment is that I like that we can have a conversation like this about a modern Star Trek show. That's true. Yeah. That's a nice. good conversation to have, but
1: yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I do, I just, I do, you mentioned it. And I really like the fact that we get, they take Sp- Spock and Pike out of the main story, yep. which, which is brilliant. Yes. And we don't see that certain Lieutenant that's on board, which is also great. So yes, I think ones. you really just give an opportunity. I'm not going to say his name. They give all the other um,
0: <laughs> George, Georgie. They give
1: a. Is that you, George? Yeah. <laughs> um. They give the other characters uh, just a chance to step up. Which is great.
0: That's what I find interesting is that the the it's not as if like they just give one character the most scenes, right? They kind of just remove the other characters entirely in 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 a lot of ways, and just really let. A certain character own the episode and this is the deepest dive we have ever gotten obviously on number one i should get used to start, i should get used to calling her una and yeah, i think I, some some what no what yeah do it oh una chin riley but she's the one carrying this episode and what's immediately odd about this is that She seems to contract the disease for a moment and then doesn't have it anymore. So we're in this Yeah. It was odd. And as we sort of progress through this episode, we find out that she was she is an Illyrian. That which is something she was hiding. And I should mention that the Illyrians have appeared on Enterprise once. They appeared Mm -hmm. in the episode Damage, I believe it was damage. Mm. And Archer has to, the Enterprise, is, this is during the Zindi season, the Enterprise is very damaged. They're trying to get to a rendezvous point to meet Degra, and they don't have, They need some extra warp coils that they can't get. So Archer has to sort of go against all of his principles and attack this innocent vessel who has what they need to mm. get them to where they need to go. And it's a, it's a ship of Illyrians. Hmm. But this is what I mean, where, the, where we would not have learned this about her had these events not taken place, right? If this had been one of the other shows, if this had been Discovery, it would have just come up randomly for no reason at all.
1: Right, right. Yeah, this was, this was a very good way to introduce it. And you have the Illyrians on the planet. And the other thing I thought that was done well, so like I said, I was confused when she seemed to get the illness and then it went away because I wasn't sure if she had it because we didn't really know the nature of it. So I thought, oh, is right. she hiding the fact that she has it? Because, um, right. I don't know, I feel like I've seen this in other drama before where someone has it, they don't want to admit it because they want to stay in charge or they don't right. want to have to give up control. But it went in a totally different direction. Right. So, But I thought it worked. It wasn't as if I was confused once the reveal came or annoyingly right. surprised that it was quite affected.
0: I wasn't. I wasn't really confused at that point. I think my initial thought was, well, I didn't really think too much of it. I think the only thought I might have had was maybe it's different for everybody because she was the second person I believe we had seen get it at that point. So maybe right. it's doing something different to her, or I don't know. But I didn't. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't focus on it too much because the show didn't. See, the episode didn't seem to make a big thing out of it right away until she went to sick bay, and then that because we it didn't spend a lot of time sitting on that mystery. They kind of went right into it immediately.
1: Uh, I think there was a longer time than it seems like because yeah. it, it sort of put it to the side because I was on my mind the whole time until, have, until the reveal.
0: It would because have been, yeah.
1: There was this, the, all of sickbay was full and she, we still hadn't seen why she right. had didn't. So it was on my mind. Every scene I kept thinking like, oh, is this going to be the scene where it's going to
0: it? would have happened it. off screen on Discovery.
1: Yeah, yeah, she would have just been, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I'm sorry, I can't help myself sometimes. <laughs> I, I know, let's try to limit that. Stick it to them, yeah.
1: Um. So uh, yeah, I thought that that was that was handled really well, and then she she reveals it her Illyrianness to the crew because she thinks she could help somehow. Mm, right. So for a selfless reason, that's a classic. Uh, you know. Well, Trek's best characters are selfless.
0: Of course, and I thought that the scene that she had with Pike at the end of the episode was very effective. I mean, it, again, it felt like a classic Star Trek conversation where I'm ready, you know, sir, I'm ready to, you know, yes, um, I'm gonna do the right
1: thing because I resign ready. my
0: commission, and you know, I'm ready for whatever disciplinary disciplinary action for me you might yeah. have, and no, I'm not doing that
1: yes that's great
0: why don't you and, let me deal with starfleet yeah
1: right and i do love and that's what i meant by so he had already f- learned that the colonist illyrians had essentially destroyed themselves trying to get rid of their augments in order to join starfleet so he saw that as meaning their commitment to starfleet was very high yep things like that um so I wish they had talks, because then she would not have probably had that question about if she was only one of the good Illyrians, when he, he already kind of saw the... She was already convinced on Illyrians before he found out that she was right. one, I
0: feel. So, I mean, did you feel like the reveal from her was not effective? Do you feel like it worked? Did it make sense in the context of the story? I mean
1: the second time, the first time it kind of didn't but I don't know if that was my fault for not paying close enough attention, but because they mentioned Illyrians and I knew that the people the colonists were Illyrians I guess Um, yeah, so I think that kind of all worked and they explained it. The only part that I think did not work for me was uh, Noonien's thing and Mm. Ona's conversation where she was, Singh was angry at, well first a little background is that Sing is in Starfleet because Una, after the Gorn situation when she was young, Una kind of took her under her wing and introduced her to Starfleet. So then she wanted to join. So I get that Sing was angry at Una for not telling her that she was in Illyrian because they were very close. That part made sense. What I didn't get is when she, she was fighting her and saying, they used to call me Augment or they used to call me an abomination and that's what you are. So, I was sort of confused because it's but okay, I came to understand it that Singh is not actually augmented in any way right. that's my that's right. my determination i haven't seen any confirmation on that, but a she's in Starfleet, so right there, and um I assume because her last name was Noonian Singh, it's people the just assumed she was in an augment, and yeah. then people kids made fun of her, although. Those kids are pretty dumb. She wasn't Augment. She could have just ripped their arms off or broken their skull in. Mm. Augments are very strong, but they, right. they didn't do that. So I was a little bit confused on that. Uh, I had to kind of figure it out. That might just be a me problem.
0: Yeah, I I I go. I know what you mean. I, that scene when they were fighting in engineering, I mean, first of all, the fact that they were fighting, I thought, all right, we're having a, uh, a fist fight in engineering, just like on the original series. Both instances of a fight in engineering... Coming from Noonie and Singh, happened with Kirk and Khan in space <laughs> seat, and now oh, and now fun. Una Chen and uh, Leon Noonie and Singh in engineering. That's fun. But I get what you mean. It 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 felt like yeah, it felt like in that scene, there was some there was an impassioned f- argument between the two of them, and I thought to myself, uh, yeah, I don't something's not landing here for me. I don't I don't know what it is. Is this just something I'm not? Is this something yeah. I'm missing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At first I thought maybe it was that. Like, what does this have to do with anything? Yeah.
1: I thought that mm,
0: that
1: union thing that she was open about being an augment and what Una hid it and it's like, how dare you hide it when I had to suffer? But right. I don't think she is, so
0: Well and it's established was it last week that I forget the relation. What's the relation between her and Khan great great grandfather? I don't know. Something like that. Something like that. So if that's indeed where he comes, where she comes from, I mean, she's an augment, but sort of like she's not. By bi- she, in other words, nobody genetically engineered her. At one point, yeah. she was sort of born into it, right? Right. She, or, she may have been descended from somebody who was genetically engineered and just sort of inherited. Right. Yeah.
1: Do, but do we know? Did Khan? Was he augmented? Was he born normal and then augmented later? Or was he built augmented or born I believe augmented?
0: they go into it in the novels, but I think he may have been bred.
1: Okay, because if, if he was augmented later, he might have just gotten someone pregnant before he got augmented. Right. But given that augments are genetic alterations, one would think that he would yeah, pass it to his offspring. And maybe by right. her time, it's a little diluted. We, in which case, though, why wouldn't they tell the Illyrians, like, no, we can't take you, but we'll take your kids. Yeah, this generation that would have fit with that policy. So I'm, I don't know.
0: Trek, Trek history is a little ambiguous at the point, at the moment on Khan's full backstory. Um, I know that at one point, the director, writer of Wrath of Khan, Nicholas Meyer, was actually writing like a limited series focusing on Khan, but I actually believe it was focusing on his time on Seti Alpha Five. So after he's abandoned, but even then, I mean, that could even if you do a show about that. Through conversation, it can be revealed what happened to him prior, right? Right,
1: right. Well, one thing we do know yeah. from SETI Alpha situation is that there are young people that also have this, the augment powers. So that would mean any offspring of his would have it, because right, those kids must have come from somewhere.
0: Right, but oh, no, but, we, keep, they were but, keep, but keep in mind, this has Spacey doesn't happened yet, so he's still out. He's still out there floating in space.
1: Yeah. But those right. people also were frozen. So maybe they were just f-
0: Oh, you're talking yes, because in Enterprise yeah. they still had those embryos. Yes. That's what that's what Arik Soong was protecting. Yeah, He had. Sure. So, yeah, I mean it could be any number but of you things. You don't
1: pass them through your sperm or eggs.
0: Yeah, I mean it could be it could be any number of things and I I would like to see where they go with this. I'm Yeah. I think I think she's a cool character, but you and I had talked about We've talked about like what? Why is there a Noonian sing there? Like, in other words, by the time we reach Space Seed, right? Is is it going to dance around where we get with Space Seed? Like. Or is it going to get to the point where you just say, "Well, in space seed, yeah, we had a Noonian sing aboard this ship, but it doesn't matter because she's yeah, whatever." And you he
1: know, and if she's not powered like he is, he would even though she's his offspring, he probably would just see her as
0: like right.
1: inferior being
0: right. You know, I mean, is it you know, is it something that happened during the commercial break of space seed? Oh yeah, you know, Captain, there was a Noonian sing aboard this ship. Who was she? Yeah, Khan's I mean, granddaughter. Is she? You know, is she? No. Okay. Anyway.
1: Does that help us in any way, Spock? No, does that no. help? Right. All right. Why are you telling me this crap? Right.
0: Well, as as we know about Spock, is that he only mentions those things that are, as yeah, it's a relevant. Bit. But I feel like sometimes the show takes that a little too literally, feeling like they can—that means they can do anything they want. But yeah,
1: yeah. But yeah, you don't get it. But it does make sense. He wouldn't do any tangents. He wouldn't be like, "Oh, Kirk. Fun fact: We used to have a new new thing on the ship.
0: You Trivia. Know? You know, I used to he serve with selling. one. Well, I think fun. I said to you. I remember in Space Seed it comes back from a commercial break while they're going through Khan's file. And I said, maybe just before the fade-in, they got through talking about Leon yeah. Nunez and saying, okay, now they're on to... realize
1: realize it wasn't relevant. Yeah. All right, Del- like, no, Delete yeah. that slide. No, delete no, that slide.
0: That- delete that slide. We don't need that slide.
1: She's yeah. on another ship now. It's not important. She's doing fine. Right.
0: But I think that, to kind of put a uh, bow on this part of it, that to me kind of speaks to the whole george kirk thing like why 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 are we connecting this you have but not
1: to say it and you said it
0: sorry well i said it you don't have to say it
1: i'm not saying
0: it i just look at it and say why why do we have to do this okay and so i'm just kind of like you know i just i don't Although want so far, it to yeah
1: it's not been intrusive i don't mind it so far. it
0: hasn't been intrusive
1: which i think is okay because it uh she just sort of is and right. yeah, she was teased for it. Okay. That's cool. She was called an augment, Like here. It worked fine. So yeah. I, if it doesn't become something, some big
0: thing, you don't, you don't want it to get to the point where like in a future episode on TOS or wrath of Khan, there was a point in those sh- in, in either that episode or film where in it, something we may learn from strange new worlds could have been relevant to help them. It's like, well, why yeah. didn't you tell me? Right. You don't want it to get to that point. So
1: I'll, tell you though, I'll take, uh, uh, I'll take her, over the character not, not to be named any day.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I can ignore it about her. Mm. It's harder to ignore Spock serving Very true. You know, uh, shoulder to shoulder with a one of those... member of that family.
0: Now, sorry, we're going to Yeah. something.
1: Well, I, I would like to just return briefly to the colonist planet situation.
0: Oh, yes, please do.
1: Because... This is my favorite moment, I think. So for maybe the last moment. So they're there and they think that these I call them ring wraiths. They look like ring from one of the rings, I think. But mm. the um, the fire beings, the plasma beings, um, they think that the plasma beings are the thing that is hurting them. Yeah. But then they realize the plasma beings have actually helped them from this weird pressure storm or whatever it is. I understand. So here's what I love. And this is so different than what we've seen in Trek recently,
0: such as which, Pike shows?
1: asks. Uh, generally, it's Pike asks, it. Why didn't the plasma? Why did didn't if the plasma being saved us? Why didn't the plasma being save the colonists? Mm-hmm. And Spock says, and this is so perfect. He says, "I have two possibilities. Either they didn't want to save." The colonists because of some prior interaction maybe the colonists had you know whatever hurt them or hunted them or had some feud with them so they wouldn't save them or they are the colonists now i love the uncertainty because yeah he doesn't have enough information to make that determination those are the two most logical options
0: right and when he said the second one they are the colonists i actually said i I knew he was going to say that i'm like he's going to say they are the colonists
1: Yeah, Yeah. which is cool. But I just love the lack of, Where on another show, we might just have someone come in and say, I know that those beings are going to save us. I have a feeling the stars are
0: telling me my destiny is to talk to them. And I'm so glad you hit on this because it is true to the writing of Spock on the show. Because if you think back to The Wrath of Khan when the Enterprise was heading towards Space Lab Regular One, because they could not get in touch. Uhura is trying to hail them. They're not responding. And at one point, Spock says to Kirk, just like this, there are two possibilities. And they know, knowing, well, they don't know the cons out there yet, but they know something is up. And they, Spock says there are two possibilities. They're unable to respond, or they're unwilling to respond. But as you're saying, not enough, not enough there to really kind of make a full... Yes. Assessment, in, yeah.
1: And so much on some of the other shows. We're left, yes. when someone says something is true, we're just left saying, but why is that true? There's not, we have not seen enough information to nobody, know that that's
0: true. Nobody, everyone is
1: accepting that it's true.
0: It's because you don't see anybody thinking about it and running through the possible scenarios. Yes. You. There's never any uncertainty. No, you, you made the point in the first episode of this show as we were talking about it that we're seeing people on the bridge we're seeing them work it out we're seeing them go through it they're working it out they're trying to figure out this issue and pike is a captain who captains by uh, uh, committee he wants to hear what his crew says and it's so interesting to see pike's command style versus like say kirk's in the naked I, i don't really think about kirk's command style very often and thinking about mm, what kind of captain sure. he is. I've never we think about it,
1: decisions, the rogue decisions and, yeah. the, and the the charge into danger kind of attitude.
0: I never really sat down and watched an episode to think about or to observe what kind of a captain he was. As I was watching The Naked Time this afternoon, it was really it was really at least in this episode, it was really becoming apparent to me like what kind of a captain he is. And he's not a captain who he's just the kind of guy like who wants things done he wants to know and if like somebody like it's almost like he has somewhat of an intuition on what the case could be but when somebody tells him something and he doesn't he's not sure he says well what about this no what about that and like it's almost like kirk it's almost like there's an answer that kirk wants and he's trying to ask them things to get to the answer that he wants
1: yeah but he'll listen if
0: if he'll listen yes yeah yeah,
1: all I remember is that he definitely relies on Spock a lot. He turns to Spock a lot. So Mister Spock, he absolutely,
0: like,
1: he trusts him fully and, and yes. respect. He
0: absolutely does. Influence. He he places a lot of his trust in in Spock. Absolutely, and yeah, um, he may
1: not be the most technically minded,
0: right? But he's good with people. Spock's and he's the good one at- who sort of gives him the options, and then that's when. Yeah. And Spock will speak and say, Captain, if you blah, blah, blah. I know that, Mr. Spock. And Kirk in his mind knows that he's bluffing and right. So there's even times Uh, where he, where even Spock is a little bit sidestepped by Kirk in some ways. But I would say that Kirk is kind of an intuition, Captain, not informed, informed intuition. Like, you know, Burnham is kind of on faith for some reason. Pike wants well, to hear from everybody.
1: And everything works out for you when you follow Faith, except one time when yes. you killed your
0: captain. But Kirk is very much of a it's all it's almost like deep down he knows that it's the right thing to do. Still wants to hear, but he just it's almost like it's almost as if like the decision has already been made internally in Kirk before he even goes to ask anybody anything.
1: Right. Yeah. But so he's willing to See if there's some reason that he shouldn't do it.
0: Yeah, I, I would say he's a he's a he's an he's yeah he's yeah and he's a very insistent type of captain in that sense. But yes,
1: yeah, and he's willing. Yeah, and he he's one who knows that logic's not always the best answer, which is why, like you said, Spock will say, "Captain, this is going to blah," and he says, "Shut up, Spock, I'm doing it." <laughs> and usually, yeah, he's bluffing or he has some plan that Spock can't consider because he can only see it from the logical angle.
0: It, right, absolutely, and that's why they're such a good pair. So, but I but I agree with you in the beginning about I like seeing this episode and sort of having Pike and Spock a little out of the way to kind of give Una the spotlight here. But the scenes that we have with Spock and Pike are really great because you have to remember that Pike and Spock are not Kirk and Spock. It's not even the same type of relationship. So right. we may be yeah. seeing we're seeing a relationship kind of building with the two of them. I feel like.
1: Yes, they definitely trust each other, but Pike's got more experience by a lot. So yeah. that changes things. Um, yeah. Now it, I'm going to go back to this idea because I do think it's brilliant. And I had never considered it until it was brought up to me. But um, when I saw
0: Kirk, uh, <laughs>
1: Pike <laughs> and Spock, they both end with a This is
0: tough. And they both have four letters.
1: Yeah. Pike, I guess that makes sense. When they changed it, when the pilot didn't work, they wanted to keep it sort of similar. Um, When we have Pike and Spock laying on the ground, you know, like chin to chin, my first thought was, it's a good thing they made sure that we all knew they didn't. They had a case of the not gays in the first episode, or else people were, you know, they would have been feeling uncomfortable. Shipping them, shipping them. Yeah, I do do think that that was intentional. All the all the booty time in the first episode. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, so I went back and rewatched uh, just that clip about uh, the the mm-hmm. when I first learned about the case of the Nogues and right. We may have to add in a little clip because it's very funny. We said they wanted to make sure that he wasn't trying to get in this Jeffrey's tube.
0: <laughs> oh boy, Spock, are you this naked? Was about, this when this is when he says, "Spock, are you naked?"
1: <laughs> this one was about the J.J. J. Abrams because they had a oh, bad yeah. case. case.
0: Yeah. Um. I do want to mention something. I do want to mention Dr. Mabenga in this episode, but before I get there, I want to be sure that you won't, that I don't sort of stomp all over anything you might have. Um,
1: well, I think perhaps we should mention the fact that we see this enterprise's lower decks quarters.
0: Oh, yes. I said to you last night, I said, it just occurred to me Uhura is lower decks.
1: Yeah, she's not in the hallway, so she's a little up. Right. A step up, maybe.
0: Right. They got a room at least. And the room's got a, yeah. a bit of a lounge. Yeah. I thought that to myself. I'm like, damn, she may be lower decks, but she's definitely got a bit of a
1: Yeah, it's like a yeah. suite. She's not she's not low S
0: to decks. She's just lower decks. No, 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 no. But I think the Cerritos is a bigger vessel, and so I think maybe the Cerritos has all those ops locations, so maybe it's space is limited in that sense.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, I did. So that, there is another example of you keep our main characters in where it makes sense. And. But because we got a. Just the one episode focus on her, seeing her now. Yeah. Just, it feels better. It does. If that were, you know, Owo. Oh, or Detmer, just be like, oh, it was Detmer saying something useless.
0: You know, here's the thing you can point to uhura as being a legacy character right she's been there since the corbomite maneuver which is the sec- which is the first episode filmed after both pilots that's where we first see her and throughout the films and whatnot so we, she's been in our conscience for a long 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 time i mean to the to the star trek fan who may have watched from the beginning 50 plus years right but mm. in spite of all that this while it's the same character this is a new actress playing her Okay, this is kind of like a third. Yeah, this is kind of like when a new actress takes a new actor takes over a superhero role or, or a James Bond role, right? But I can I I, I can tell you this because you mentioned, oh whoa. Um, I'm we're getting to know the Uhura. She's still in. She's she's Uhura, but she's a different Uhura. She's the younger Uhura, right? I st- in a way I look at her as sort of a new character because I don't know the Uhura. I don't know this, um, you know. I don't know these years of her. I don't know anything about her. If I would be more devastated if they if something happened to her than it would be Owo or, or Detmer.
1: At least we don't have to worry about that.
0: Right. It's true. And it's not because I don't like them. It's because this show has taken the time to let us get to know her. All right? Yes. The other yeah. show doesn't that, – that's, that's That's why it goes back to me getting invested in characters. It's it has, it's not that I don't like the other characters. It's just you have not spent time developing them for me yeah. to get invested, right? Yeah. You want to yeah. do something with them and hurt them or maybe potentially risk that they get killed or kill them. And you want me to feel something and I can't because you haven't done anything with them to make me feel invested in them. Sure, yeah. I'll be like, oh, that sucks, but I get over it pretty quickly. You know, Sorry, yeah. but I would.
1: I'm going to quote Harrison Ford um, when he got kind of tired of playing Han Solo. He said that it had become um, cardboard cutout acting, mm. where he said, "You know, I just put on the costume and stand there, and it's because you know the costume and what I look like and me, and like that's how I kind of feel about Detmer and a lot of those characters. So I'm going on the Discovery Road, but you know, it's like I any feelings I have for Detmer." are both of those characters because I've seen them so many times, not because I know
0: anything. You know, look, and I know we try to abstain from doing, from tooling on Discovery in this sense, but it's just, in, in a way I have to, because it's, this is, the things that you and I are talking about is where Discovery should be succeeding. Discovery should be doing that. You know, and we're not talking about something that's just directly related to just the premise of the show. We're just talking basic, you know, we're just talking basic Story, story building. I mean,
1: yeah, every show of these
0: characters. Yeah, how many times did I say to you, remember when the second season of Lower Decks came and I said to you, you know what? I'm just glad to be seeing these characters again because I love them so much. I almost don't care what the situation is. I just enjoy seeing them so much. Yep. That, to me, is the key to enjoying something. All right? Yeah. I, yeah it's like, it's like you don't cool. care what situation you put the characters in. I just like seeing them.
1: Yes. It's like when I watched an episode of Next Generation. It's like you're hanging out with old friends.
0: Absolutely. It felt like that watching the first Abrams Trek film. I said, these characters could be sitting around a table just talking, and I would be totally happy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. right
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Mbenga.
0: What did you think of this?
1: Uh, It was fine. It was okay. Yeah. I had no problem with it.
0: A little um, out of the blue, I thought. Uh, Blue—that's his shirt color. I know, not intentional. Not not intentional, but no, I, I thought it was in, it, it was interesting because it had callbacks to the TNG episode Relics, where Scotty is stored in a transporter, his pattern stored in a transporter pattern buffer. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then it, you know, we learned through all this that it was kind of his fault that this happened because they were not. Allowed that to. That
1: was a little surprised. That the
0: yeah, heard. that's what I mean. It was like, really, you're a doctor, think, dude. Yeah.
1: But here's part of it. I think that the fact that number one had just revealed that she's been lying to them for yes. so long, you yes. just sort of re- thought, you know, people have their reasons, maybe. So I'll let it go. This time. It would be kind of. Imagine if she just told you that she's been lying to you. She's a. She's not allowed right. to be in Starfleet. Now she's gonna come be like, oh, you're in trouble. Well, cause I you didn't think,
0: know. but you're right because I but I think that softened it a little bit that made it easier because she just had that moment was it before she talked to Pike or it was right after right yeah it was right after
1: and she was was forgiven yes or or not forgiven but she was accepted
0: I'm glad that it came from that he said it to her I'm glad she was the one to find that out and not like say Captain Pike I don't know if Pike would have you know gotten really upset
1: We know what Picard Picard would or how TNG Picard would have blown a (laughs) gasket.
0: The first duty of every Starfleet officer is to the truth. Yeah. So I was glad that it was number. I'm glad that it was Una who found that out. But what I also enjoyed, but just on a basic level, I like that we learned something new about Mabenga. I mean, this is a guy. This is a character who only appeared in two episodes of the original series. All we knew about him was he was somebody who was a... He He knew a lot about Vulcan physiology and that he studied on... I believe he studied on Vulcan. So he's definitely knowledgeable in Vulcan physiology. Yeah. But that's the, no that's Vulcan's it.
1: Around for him to, to no, physio-ize. but
0: it goes back to what I said earlier. Like, Even though we learned that in the original series, we learned that where it makes sense because Spock needed help. That's how we yeah. learned that, yeah. right? He, he could have been helpful
1: for Bones because Bones didn't know what was going on inside of Spock. <laughs> Right. So he was always I was yelling about it too. I,
0: I thought it was interesting, compelling again, I thought a little somewhat out of the blue that it turns out that it's his he, you know, it's his daughter that's in there. So I, I want to learn more about that and I hope that the show will reveal more about that. So I re- will reveal more about that as it goes on.
1: But what I like? Yeah. They gave it how much screen time? A minute, thirty seconds?
0: Yeah, it was the last like yeah, two min, two three minutes of the episode. I mean, it was her, him, and number yeah. one, and then you had that he closed out the show with his daughter. Yeah, reading the Perfect. Yeah. That's yeah, all I want. Yeah,
1: imagine that was a whole storyline, right? No, 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 no. This is what I like. Yes, get the main story. You get these ancillary bits when they d- tie directly to the main story. You spend time on them, the character mm-hmm. information, but otherwise, you give them a minute here, a minute there. That's it.
0: Right. I love it. I think. I think where it goes with me is that it's it, in some ways, and I'm, maybe I'm supposed to feel this way. It's a little disappointing to hear it only because he's the doctor. Like he shouldn't, you know, he should know better. A disease got on board the ship because of him, a disease.
1: Yeah. Yeah. However, when you see his motivation, you get it. You get it. No yeah. Problem. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Here's something interesting about Mbenga, because I've been watching some other takes on the show, and I've heard this on at least three different YouTube reviewers. Mm. And I don't know if it's because we are, maybe some of them are mm, English of some kind, or
0: Australian. or The commentators? yeah.
1: Yeah. So people are saying that they can't understand Mbenga. And mm. I've not had a problem. I wonder have you had a problem understanding it.
0: No, I haven't. In fact, it, it, i thought it was interesting. I saw a thread about this on the Trek BBS, that this Mbenga has an accent when uh Mbenga on TOS did not. Oh, uh, people up in arms? No, I just I think they were like they were like, Does the actor have an accent? I was like, I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I can understand what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. So this is not a um another mm. issue. <laughs> no, I I I have not struggled to understand anything that he said.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I really, I mean, I mean, put the
0: closed captions on people.
1: I enjoy his accent. Yeah. But I wonder if it's only further
0: diversifies the show.
1: If anyone, if you have any international listeners that are obviously English speakers, given that we speak English only on this podcast, yeah. let us know if it's an American thing that we can understand them, or if maybe um, other American English speakers have trouble with Mbengas' accent.
0: People may not even understand us.
1: Right, they probably don't they're probably saying. these Boston guys over there talking Trek. I don't know what they're saying. Yeah.: So I here think- on WTRK, we're talking Trek. WTRK, Long Island.
0: So I think I I thought this was quite a good episode. I uh, One sort of side comment I have to mention because I didn't really get to devote any time to it. We get to see a little bit more of Hemmer this week. And he's stealing every single scene that he's in. I'm very looking forward to getting to know more about this character. I just I love him so much.
1: Agreed. Especially, though, um, the scene, and just visually also, the scene where he <laughs> beams a portion of the planet mantle. Yep. I love a just low-key,
0: you know? Yeah, just beams it in.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's just saying... um, you know like he just sort of look what i've done i'm such a genius i've found a piece it was so hard this is awesome i'm gonna run into it and feel the light that was really cool and it was just a cool looking and just the whole idea everything about it was great
0: i like when he's trying to make adjustments to him because this is before we get the reveal and Embeg is very insistent no and then he just kind of walks out and he's just kind of like point taken yeah like there's just this underlying irritation about him that's just so that's so great Yeah. yeah He's
1: definitely, I will keep saying, it, he's the IT guy. Of yes. The
0: IT. Yes. I'm I'm very much looking forward to there being an episode focused on him. I'm going to be yeah, very much looking story. forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I wonder Hopefully if... he's not
1: like Shran's cousin or something.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, they'll find some way to connect it back to him.
1: I mean, it's cool if that would be because I would love to hear about Shran more, but, you know, everything doesn't have to be connected.
0: Yes. He's Shran's. Grand
1: nephew. How long do they live? For, um,
0: we don't know. In fact, I mean, he, a he. I mean, he. Keep in mind, he's a Anar from the northern wastes of Andoria. So, yeah. And they were only kind of discovered in that episode of Enterprise, anyway. So he may not have a relation to Shran. I don't know. Although, well, actually, true. no, that's not true. Shran's daughter in the final episode, I believe, was a. Was part Enar that we see in the final episode of Enterprise? So I could be, yeah. So maybe, um, maybe there is. I
1: mean, I think, maybe translation. I'm not going
0: to lie though; that would be a connection I'd be totally okay with. Yeah. Yeah. What it's if totally you find true. out somehow by some weird connection that uh, T'Pol is Spock's cousin? No. <laughs> or no related to T'Pring, T'Pring, T'Pol. I mean, That's Vulcan matter. females have that That's name matter. anyway. Yeah, have that name naming convention.
1: That'd I t- accept that much more.
0: So maybe when we go to that episode called "Spock Amok," yeah, which clearly is going to be have to do with that. Maybe that's a good chance to see T'Pol.
1: Yeah, it would be nice. You are I mean,
0: so—I love how so badly you want to see this character again. At least yeah. mention her. Just give me throw. Just yeah. throw the name out there. Yeah, just acknowledge that
1: she exists.
0: Would you? I mean, um, would you care if somebody else played her, even if she was much older?
1: No, nah, I don't care. <laughs> It'll be fine. It would be cool, but it would be fine. Yeah. I get it. She's busy being a yoga mom or whatever she is. <laughs> um, yeah. The, uh, one thing to mention, I think, is important here is that um, Rebecca Romaine. Yes. Really acting well. You know, yeah, agreed. I agree. Granted, she's been in a lot of things, but she's never really been known as a great actor right it was like she was a model turned actress
0: married to john so, stamos for a while
1: right not anymore yeah. um but yes. so yeah i mean I think she's, she's married very, to
0: uh jack ransom yeah jack of ransom. the uh of the cerritos yeah
1: so yeah no. i was very impressed with her acting skills here and uh good for her
0: let me ask you this do you think that she because i know what i'm going to say but i want to get your take first even though she's the first officer, you have to have some command presence to you, some authority. Do you, do you get that sense from her, the, the sort of authority of her being yeah, the first I officer? Do. Yeah,
1: It's her own, though. You know, she's it is. not Kirk or Pike. She's right. got her own vibe. and But she definitely was the one making decisions. And, right. you know, wherever she was, as soon as something happened, she was there in a second to take care of it. She was definitely right. jumping into every every situation and yeah um, she also i mean she came down with it right that was a moment of like whoa my god what's happening here but she was able to and kind she of shake but, it
0: off, but she so ultimately and she's ultimately the one who fixed it yes yeah yes. even though i feel like they did kind of techno babble their way out of it but that's fine yeah it's not but star trek if you don't cool. do that
1: yeah She kept her cool she kept everyone safe it was her idea to uh sedate people right turn off the light so yeah i think her her command presence was was fine
0: yeah i think that she's i mean pike refers to her as the best first officer in the fleet in in her final scene and i do remember going as far back as when she first appeared on discovery when they were doing those behind the scenes vignettes rebecca romaine was talking about number one she didn't have a name yet and was saying that number one is somebody who has a very vast skill set and it's funny because i I sort of got that sense from her early on and even so much in the first episode of this series, when uh Commodore April, was he an Admiral Kimber's rank when they have to go rescue her? He says, your number one doesn't like downtime very much, which I thought, yeah, I, I, I have not seen her on the show yet. And I just, it just makes sense to me for some reason. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and everything... also we know, we know Pike, right? We know how competent and not only that, but we know how just of a, you know, he's all the things that we look for in our Starfleet officers. They're selfless. They're committed. Right. um, They're willing to yeah sacrifice themselves for the greater good. Yep. So, you know, if he speaks that highly about uh, someone, they've got to have all of that. But she compliments him well because right. she's different than him.
0: It's interesting how the show can convince me of somebody's some characters sort of like traits before I even meet them. I mean, we met number one already, but this is really the first time, this show was the first time we're really kind of getting a solid focus on her, so we didn't see enough of her on Discovery, I thought.
1: Yeah. And when there's a character that you already know and like and respect, you know, within the universe, and they vouch for someone, that can go a long way. Right. And I think we should give, right, because we do say a lot of negative things about Discovery, but let's give Discovery some credit. We have Pike. This Pike is, thanks to Discovery. That's... And... His character is characters built on Discovery, so you know, kudos, thank you.
0: Reintroduced us to the character, yes. yes.
1: But you know, the character, the real full character. That we yeah, you
0: want to you want to talk about haters corner for a second? I mean, that's when this show premiered. That was a lot of the stuff I was seeing on Twitter, like, "Oh, you people hate Discovery, but it would, if it wasn't for Discovery, you wouldn't have the show." And it's like, yeah, oh, but boy. if it wasn't for the Cage, they wouldn't be on oh. Discovery to begin with.
1: I mean, yeah, but really though, if they were like, "All right, here's what we're gonna do." We're going to do, what is it, four episodes, four seasons, five seasons? Yeah. Discovery. Here's the deal. We're going to give you four seasons that are going to frustrate the hell out of you, but it's going to be one character that comes out of them that you like. I don't think anyone would take that deal.
0: No. No. Just remember that I said, I don't know if I said on our podcast at the time, at the end of New Eden, I said, the second episode, I said, Pike needs to have his own show. Pike needs to have his own show. So, oh, anything yeah. else you want to mention before we wrap this?
1: Well, and don't forget that I said, um, so, uh, like, a star Wars. <laughs> oh, you'd absolutely... Tree.
0: Yes. A year <laughs> earlier. Yes, you did.
1: We both get the credit on predicting <laughs> this one. Yes. Well, um, yeah.
0: yeah. I still have that tweet else? someplace.
1: <laughs> anything else that I want to say? Let's see. Um, I want to say that I enjoyed this episode and I'm enjoying this show and you know when it the new episode comes out I'm excited to watch it right away which yeah. I haven't been feeling in a bit on yeah. the Trek I also want to say that um, we here at WTRK we're talking Trek oh yeah hmm.
0: Um, I think for me where we are right now so as we've done in the past we 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 kind of have one word to describe each show not each show but you know for example with season 1 of picard anyway we said it was tasteful have to make that clear now that it was season 1 we said that yeah um prodigy we said was lovely
1: oh yeah lovely little show lovely
0: little yeah i mean yeah I don't think we really said anything. We don't really have a word on lower decks. I don't believe. I don't think we really used a one-word review on lower decks, did we? No, no. one do- no. I mean, yeah. Funny. But, and uh, I. Oh, I'm
1: gonna say, I'm gonna say uh,
0: a delight. Well, no, that's what I was gonna say about this one. It's delightful. I'm sorry, <laughs> delightful. Uh, i there's discovery. There's many words I could use, and I'm not going to. <laughs> so there's more than one I word. I can't. Yeah.
1: At the risk of sounding like... Insulting,
0: the, I guess. I don't know.
1: At the risk of sounding like the haters, I'm going to say, you know, and this is not a hot take. This is a little cliched because we hear the opposite a lot. But be my one, my one term for this show, for Stranger Worlds, will be Star Trek.
0: So it's two words. I said a, a phrase. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you, I didn't use to that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And,
1: you know... It's not, to, it's not like the people that say.
0: Star I have... Here's the thing. I have abstained from saying that because I, let me tell you something. I've many times watched clips of the show on YouTube and have been so tempted to go to the comment section and say, welcome back, Star Trek. But it makes it seem like...
1: Yeah, you're one of those people that been saying the whole... Yes. And I'm gonna watch I don't want to do
0: that because I feel very much... I feel very strongly about Lower Decks and you and I feel very strongly about Season 1 Picard and the first half of season four of discovery. So yeah, yeah. I, I can't make some blanket statement like that about the entire state of the franchise right now, because it's just, we're in, it's in many different places. So I only, have, I have to stay on. I have to look at each show separately, but yes, I think, yes, I agree with yours, but I would also use is it's just delightful. And I think what makes it delightful it's just, it's what I was saying when we started, when we, at the start of the show tonight, it was, I just enjoy spending time with these characters, Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I do. And that's what makes the experience so delightful.
1: Yep. Yep. Um. Are we, do we want to bring back Hater's Corner?
0: <laughs> do we?
1: I don't know, let's see if we got anything uh worth it.
0: Not here. for too long though.
1: Yeah, I don't know. One or two if I find Yeah. Um
0: I'm 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 resisting tangents as we talk about Strange New Worlds.
1: Uh, let's see.
0: In the meantime I'll remind everybody. That Strange New Worlds is the highest-rated new Trek show on Rotten Tomatoes. If you want to count that as anything, the but other shows, think. the other shows did not do that. What did not have that at the premiere at the beginning, and it has remained a one of the highest, one of the most anticipated shows of this month. It's actually number two. Number one is Obi Wan, and this one is right behind it.
1: Wait, what? What was that?
0: So this is one. This has been one of the most anticipated shows to premiere this year, and uh, I think they were like kind of boiling it down to months, like months that a show was going to premiere, and this was number two. And in fact, Paramount Plus actually, there was a show on HBO whose name escapes me, but when Strange New Worlds premiered, it actually, according to Parrot Analytics, right? I don't know how much how accurate it is, but uh, Strange New Worlds came and knocked down HBO for most stream show when this series came to premiere so
1: mm.
0: yeah but it was also saying that Obi-Wan this month the new Obi-Wan show is the most anticipated show but this one is num- if you were to say number one this one is right behind it I guess I, I yeah. <laughs> grain of salt grain of salt
1: let me
0: see here. As you continue searching for some things. Please. To... please.
1: Yeah, no, there's are not very fun ones.
0: Well, I <laughs> think, I think with, well, I oh my don't know. Here's, so here's the thing, though. Like, I've, I've seen people say some hateful things about this show, but I feel like they're really reaching in a lot of places. Some of the, for some of the other shows, I can sort of get on board with it. Even though I may disagree, I can sort of get on board with it. Um, but I'm not seeing that with this one, really. I feel like people are really, really reaching. Now they're pushing the goalpost with the whole, quote-unquote, wokeness stuff and saying, well, it used to be more subtle. No, it wasn't. At times, yes, but it wasn't always subtle. Right. That's the well, Here's, here's that's a weird
1: one. Here's a weird one. That's what Just I'm seeing be- a lot of now. This is just a weird one, and I'll just, this will be it. Right. Wow, just wow. Kurtzman and his writers keep establishing new heights of failure and stupidity. At least we will have the Orville to look forward to. I haven't heard any of these in a long time.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, all
1: right. But uh, really, say that this is the height of the Kurtzman errors uh, bad writing. I mean, just, there's no way an objective person could say that. Okay.
0: Want to know which one I saw? Um, I was on Instagram and, you know, Paramount Plus's promoted post came up and the show was there. So I was just going through the comments for laughs. One person, I hadn't seen this comment in a long time. I'm not going to pay. I'm not, I don't want to pay for my Star Trek.
1: Wow. They've been and, waiting.
0: Said, and I'm like, when was it? I'm like, when was it ever free? Like, that, yeah. I, I haven't had this conversation in a long time.
1: Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. That's well, because you know
0: you what? Know, you know, when I noticed that that, that changed when the Orville went on Hulu.
1: Oh, then I get to pay for the Orville. Too.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, trust me. When, when the Orville went to, went to a, uh, went behind a paywall, I did not yeah. waste a moment
1: <laughs> to, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. they are bringing back all the greatest hits, which is I don't want to pay for it. And the Orville's real strike.
0: Yeah. It's interesting to see this hate evolve over time. Like I can almost, if you just read me a comment, I can be like, oh yeah, that was during, that was when, like, Lower Decks premiered. That was when I can sort of... It's almost like they sort of define the era in which one Trek show premiered. and
1: Yeah. Each, and, and also, they're yeah. just... They're so quick to just want to find something. I saw one that said, they race-swapped the Doctor. Which is like, no, I right.
0: didn't. didn't. don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I think it goes back to, once again, people having not seen the original series. Or if they did, they don't understand what it was originally doing.
1: Yeah. And just... Every time they see a character of color, they get up in arms and angry.
0: Mm.
1: Not be- And they'll say, it's not because they're racist, it's because uh, they're cramming it down my throat.
0: I do, So I do have one that I remember from the other day. This goes back to the promoted Instagram post. Somebody commented, I, I wish I could find it because they must not have replied to me, I didn't see the notification. But the guy said, uh, gap-toothed, JJ J. Abrams really needs to keep his hands off Trek and I'm like Well, he's not involved with this and what do you mean gap what are you talking about? Maybe they're calling Kurtzman a gap tooth. I don't J. Know. J. J. Well I'm like Abrams isn't even involved with it.
1: I don't know anything about his any of these people's teeth.
0: No. <laughs> no. It's just one of those low blow insults that really it's just like
1: Yeah, well at least it didn't uh shows what, what an asshole, asshole you are. You are.
0: For being a Jew again
1: anymore. That was yeah. of the low that was the lowest point, I think.
0: Yeah, I guess. Whatever. But I just I find in in, in conclusion, I find that they're just really reaching.
1: Yeah, they're totally reaching. I they're mean, really, really they saw they're talking about you know, like continu little continuity things. Right. And they're talking about how there's no way they could have reverse and from the previous episode. There's no way they could have reverse engineered what they saw in space that fast. That was the, yeah. How do you? How,
0: it's like that was the big why. Problem. It's like they're a, they're an alien species. So why are you right. saying that an right. alien species, a fictional alien species? Why are you saying what their telescopes do is not correct? Like right. you're okay and with them being an alien, but you they can't have. And I'm like, you need to know how a telescope works first off.
1: But right. I, and, and we we on Earth with our crappy telescopes are made of like, you know. Yeah. I don't know, sand that's turned into glass, right? We can look at a something in space, a star, and by analyzing this, like, I'm going to use the term, it's probably not right, but a spectrometer of the color, they can know what gases are on it and, like, what they're doing. Yeah, It's the same kind of technology, except they're aliens, so.
0: Why, in the season finale of season two of Discovery, why were they able to see the, the last red signal from, like, thousands and thousands of light years away that's so far away? And I'm thinking, like, well, we can see thousands of light years away now with a telescope yeah yeah you know i mean (laughs) all right if you want to find something to complain
1: about you will find it
0: oh if you look hard enough yes yes
1: yeah yeah but our thing is always are we enjoying the story enough that we're not thinking about or we're not looking for these little things and are these little things not are the things that don't make sense are they punching us in the face
0: i said to you as we were getting to the back half of discovery this past season when i'm not happy about a story on an episode i I now now everything else begins to make me angry like there are other things that i wouldn't normally notice that i start finding issue taking issue with right because i wasn't enjoying the show so now i'm sort of like amped up and now i'm finding problems Mm -hmm. in other places that otherwise wouldn't really make a difference yeah yeah and i'm less forgiving
1: we're enjoying these stories enough that if there's a little thing we're not seeing it it's not punching us in the face and we're pretty happy to uh
0: to move on we've all gotten everyone's gotten past the enterprise not being a carbon copy of the 1960s enterprise so i'm fine with that but next week the next episode for next week is called memento mori and i'll just read a quick synopsis while on a routine supply mission to a colony planet the uss enterprise comes under attack from an unknown malevolent force Pike brings all his heart experience to bear in facing the crisis but the security officer warns him that the enemy cannot be dealt with by conventional Starfleet means that enemy based on the trailers is the Gorn I oh, am yeah. so I think next week is going to be a Leon Nunian Sing episode
1: yeah okay yeah all right cool you know Gorn's fun the Gorn are fun rather I, a... can, I, can, I can just jump in right here and just confirm something. I can confirm that neither J.J. Abrams nor Alex Kurtzman have a gap tooth.
0: Thank you. Now I can end the show properly. <laughs> I, th- I thought you'd be happy though because the Gorn was coming back and I know you enjoy the Gorn and Lower Decks get some good I use did. out of the Gorn. So.
1: I saw the guy who played the Gorn in real life. The original Gorn. And uh, some, you know, you know the people that do autographs at a convention and they don't even put them behind the curtain and hide them. They are just—they're out on the floor because they kind of have to solicit the autographs. He was one of them. Yes,
0: they're in the usually in the merch room. Yes. I—I yes. I told you I met the. I, well, I met the second the the wheelchair bound Captain Pike.
1: Yeah, and you said you want an autograph. You're like, nah, I'm good.
0: I was talking to him for like 10 minutes, and he goes... Imagine if you knew what you know now, you probably would have definitely got it. I know, I know. Was, I, I feel... I'm sorry. I, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Miss Captain. I've, I've apologized about this so many times. It was just...
1: Still alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can sign my little picture of the box.
0: I'd like to know what his take on the show is now. He's I'm assuming he's got to be yeah. watching
1: it, so... You should give him a cameo in the background or something, you know, play a corpse or something.
0: It would have been great if Pike saw his future and it was played by him. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it right. for us. So please uh, follow us on Twitter at Trust and on Instagram at In Star Trek Podcast. We'll see you next week to discuss episode four, Memento Mori. Later.